yourself Do you thirst for a dream from the well Jesus is calling Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Mistakes come today. There's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrow and trade for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Father's arms 
bear your cross as you wait for your crown and tell the world of the treasure you found amen 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 you can be seated wow i absolutely love that song it's one of my favorites you know it was funny Last week, we, uh, we had, uh, our administrative bishop was with us, and uh, he did great. I thought he did a fabulous job, didn't you? Those of you who were here, he did fabulous. And it's always good for me to be able to sit back and, and I, you know, get a, get a message in. That doesn't always happen, obviously, right? And uh, so, so I'm, you know, sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, he just busts out with a song. And so afterwards, everyone comes up to me, and they're like, Pastor? We expect next week for you to start off your message with a song. I'm going to help you out with that. No. God, God gave me ability to talk, right? He didn't give me the ability to sing a good tune. I'll tell you that much. Oh, man. So, so anyway, we're going, to, um, we're going to get into a new message series, but it's a quick one, two weeks. We're going to be here on this for two weeks, only two weeks, all right? This week and next week, and then uh, I'm going to get into something in, uh, in, in three weeks. Uh, we're going to talk really about vision, all right? We're going to talk about vision, where we're going, uh, what, what God has planned for us, and, and different things like that. So uh, this is just going to be a quick, quick uh, message series, and it, it's called Better Together, right? How many of you guys know, like, like if you're like me, you've got to be around people. Anybody like that? Like, I love being around people. There's times where I go, I need time for myself. And so that happens for about five minutes. You know, and then here's what I'm doing. If nobody's around me, I'm finding somebody's life on social media so I can connect some way. You know what I mean? Anybody like that? Okay, the rest of you are liars, all right? Some, all right, just plain and simple, all right? That's, we're, we're geared to want to be around people. We're geared to, to be about relationships, okay? And, and so we talked about, uh, pre, before last week, I think it was three or four weeks, we talked about family portraits. I loved looking at the family portraits that I started out each week. They were hilarious. Don't worry, I don't have nothing like that for you today, okay? But, and, and I enjoyed getting into to the topic of family. Family is so important. Uh, God is the ultimate designer of the family. Obviously, he started that right off the bat with Adam and Eve by themselves. I'll get into that in just a moment. But, you know, bringing them together as a family. He understood that relationships are key for not only, like, mental health, physical health. But watch this. Relationships are key for your spiritual health. We need one another, especially within the body of Christ. To be able to keep us, what, encouraged. To, to keep that lifeline, so to speak. To keep that excitement. And, and watch this, and I love it, accountability. Accountability. Now, here's what we're going to do. Um, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel, we're going to get into that in just a few moments in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel 14, and, and, but before we get into um, that, and that's going to be like where we're going to key at this morning. You'll see that in your, in your outline, in your bulletin. But our first scripture we're going to take a look at today comes from Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Many of you guys have said this verse a lot, um, especially within church settings. But here it goes. It says this. Jesus' words, he says. And look, if Jesus says it, 
You got to pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Like if Christ himself is pointing something out, there's definitely some importance to it. All right. So he says this, for there, for where two or three gather or wherever two or three gather together as my followers, what? I am there among them. So he's like, look, wherever two or three of my followers, all right, in other words, wherever two or three of my people, wherever two or three of uh, Christ-centered individuals, um, wherever they are, I'm, I'm right there. I'm in the midst. I'm, I'm right there with us. Now, some people might say, well, does that mean that he's not there if I'm by myself? Well, no, it doesn't. I mean, we understand God is a God is omnipresent. We also understand that God, according to scriptures as a Christ follower, he will do something very specific. The Bible says that God will do what? Never leave you, nor will God ever forsake you. Like, have you ever had somebody give up on you before? Okay, that's great. I have. All right. I mean, you've had people give up on, I mean, some of you, you've had marriages give up. I hate to say that. Some of you, you've had even children. Some of you have given up on your children. Not me, not me, not yet, not yet. Almost there. That's a joke, that's a joke. You can laugh. If you're not a part of the church, I talk about my boys all the time. They're crazy. All right, they're out. It's funny. You know, we, we get in the car. We go to school, right? We go to school. They don't talk to each other while we're going to school because it's so early in the morning. And, and, and they get to school, and I hear how great they are in school. Like the teachers tell me, oh, you know, they're, they're so good. And maybe they're lying to me. I don't know because they know I'm the pastor, and they just want to make sure everything looks good. But, but you know, and, and I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. And then the moment I pick them up at the school, right, I, you, you see me pick them up every day, right? The moment I pick them up, they start fighting, they start fighting. Like the one goes, don't even look at me. You know? Just don't even look at me. Don't breathe. I don't even know that you exist, right? And we're going to talk about better together, okay? Like that makes a lot of sense. But, but you know, we know this, that like God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never looks at us and goes, don't talk to me today. I got one that says that to me all the time. My little boy, he's like, don't talk to me. If he gets hurt, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't, don't breathe. All right? But God, the Bible says he will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. He is always there. He's stuck on you like glue if you're a follower of him. How awesome that is. But scripture talks over and over again about the power and, and the special presence of God that is with us as a, a, a gathering in community of believers. Like there's power in numbers, especially as believers. There's something powerful um, about the, the agreement of Christians when we come together. Have you ever noticed that you can come to church in absolutely the worst possible mood, right? Okay. Especially if you have kids and you're coming to church and you got to get them ready. I, I pray for my wife because I leave before the kids have to get ready. That's the thank you, Jesus. You know? She's got to deal with them. But you, have you ever come to church and be in just the most rotten mood? But then while you're here and watch, you don't even notice it right away. But all of a sudden, your demeanor begins to change. You walk up, you see the wonderful greeters. They got the smile on their face, right? You can't help but smile right back. 
do you think that God does this by accident? Do you think this is about man's plan or do you think this is about God's plan? Absolutely God, because what happens is from the very beginning, God begins to stir with inside of you and says, look, we got to get rid of this rotten attitude. We've got to break down all these walls, all this strife, all these problems that you're going through, because i got to break these things down so that I can get into you with my word and bring challenge, which will hopefully, what, bring change into your life. So, but I've noticed it time and time again, especially with me even. I'll come in, and you can't help. Where, is Sean in here? She was in here earlier. She's out there greeting somebody, I bet. She looks at, hi, Pastor, how are you? And I'm like, I have to smile right now. I'm doing great. <laughs> and little by little, what happens? It's like chiseling away that negative thought, that negative spirit, that negative attitude. And then you go over here, and hello, caffeine makes everything better. Sugar makes everything better. Amen. Sean, there she is. Beautiful smile as she comes in. You have no idea. I just talked about you. Totally changed my morning this morning, and you don't even know it. All right? But, you know, you get out there, and, 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 and you know, Miss Winky, she's, she's taking care of our cafe today. And, man, you guys are ca- caffeinating up. You're downing it. You know, the coffee and the tea and, and the, 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 the little... Things that are bringing fat on you. You know, the donuts, all right? And, and, and what's happening here is, and then you find people that you're talking to. And what's happening during the conversation? You start forgetting about everything that you've been going through, and you, you start laughing. You start enjoying one another's company. You start, man, I haven't seen you all week. It's so good to see you right now. And so what God is doing, what? He's chiseling away more and more and more. And then watch this. Then we come into this moment of worship. Where we're instructed by God to what lift up our hands, to lift up our voice, to give a song, a sing, an instrument, a, 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 an act of praise and worship to him. Forgetting about everything else that we've been going through throughout this week or what we've got going on the rest of today or possibly tomorrow and, and so on and so forth. And our attention gets focused on God. And you know what happens? That demeanor, that attitude more and more goes away, and you become open more and more for God. For why? So that you can hear Pastor Kevin tell you dumb stories. All right, so here we go. What I want to talk to you about today is about biblical relationships, relationships that we need as Christ followers, and understanding uh, every single one of us, there is more greatness inside of us. There's more potential. There's more possibilities that God has plan for your life that you could ever imagine. Now, within some of you, right, there's future marriage that, that, that would honor God and, and that great generations would follow because you would help raise children. That's awesome. For some of you, there's ministry in this room that God is stirring and has been placing on your heart, placing on your mind. And, and, and he's wanting you, he's, he's laying the foundational steps, stones, for you to begin to build off of these things because God's got great plans. He's got great, listen, you are nowhere near even completing what God has ever intended for your life. God has greatness for you. He wants you, now this is not a prosperity message. I want you to understand that. When, when I say that God's got greatness for you, it's because he wants to be glorified in it. God's got greatness for you because he wants to use you as a vessel and use you as an instrument that can make an impact 
in other people's lives. It's not so that you can be built up to be great. It's so that he could be risen even higher to be greater than he ever was in our mind. The problem for so many of us, though, is that we're missing one thing. We're missing these relationships. We're missing the right relationships within our lives. I harp on this quite a bit within my messages. I'm always talking to you about your inner circle. Your inner circle is so very important to the health of your spiritual well-being. Your inner circle is so very important to your marriage, to all of your relationships, to the way you raise your children, to the way that you, you allow yourself to be in part of, of, of the, the, the things that you just simply enjoy in life. If you look in your, in your notes, you'll see this. Here's a statement. Here's your first blank today. It says, you'll never do all God wants you to do without the right people around you. I promise you that. You will never be able to fully accomplish all that God has intended for your life unless we are allowing the right people around us. What does that mean? Well, pastor, but you know, if, if, if I just got God, isn't that enough? Well, if you look throughout scripture, you can understand and you can see that God uses God's people together to fulfill God's purposes. Let me say that again. God uses God's people together, better together, in order to fulfill what his purposes are. In order to bring what? Power into the family of God. I mean, you take from the beginning in Genesis where Adam was all by himself and God says, you know, it's not good that what man is alone. So God says, he created Eve. Why? Because he couldn't do it by himself. If you look at Solomon, um, Solomon said that what? Two are better than one. If one falls down, who can help him up? Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy. It says this. If one could put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. In other words, Two is not twice as good, but two is ten times as good. Are you following me here? God is, is, is clearly demonstrating that relationships are key. And, and, and here's, here's what I want you to understand. Relationships are key in your overall spiritual well-being. It's either going to be very healthy for you. Or it's not going to be healthy for you spiritually. Let, let me say that again. And, and this is where people don't like this. To hear this often. Because it's that doesn't mean that we, we cast aside all friends who are not Christ followers. No, because God's going to use you, I believe, to make an impact in those lives. But I do believe that God wants us to pay very specific and special attention to the inner circles that we have to those that we are allowing to be influenced within our lives. Because it's going to determine your spiritual health. Now, the opposite is true as well. Not only can the right people propel you in the right direction, but the wrong people can also take you into the wrong direction. Paul was big about this. He told the church in Corinth, he said, bad company, or rather wrong people, will corrupt good morals. Or good character. Now, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to answer this outwardly. But, but let, me, let me just say it this way. Have you ever fell into that one? Think about that. 
Have you ever had bad company, bad people, wrong people in the moment? Not bad people, but wrong people in the moment. Really, really bring you down or, or really corrupt a situation or a relationship or something. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you think about it. Take, take any area of your life. Let's say you take a look at your closest friends around you. The people you work with. If they have an attitude, watch, watch, watch. The closest one. You all, we all have them people within your work environment that you're close with. If their attitude is extremely negative toward what's going on within the company, guess what your attitude's going to be? Extremely negative. And you may not have two cents in it, but you're getting the feeling from them. Are you following me here? Think about this. If you've got a circle of friendships, a guy or a girl, you're in, you're in a marriage. You're in a relationship. But yet your circle of friends that you're a part of does not like their marriage. Is upset with their marriage. Wants to cheat on their spouse. Right? Wants, wants to, 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 to not be truthful with where they're saying they're going and the things that they're doing and all of these things. Guess what's going to happen? That same attitude's going to roll over. You say, no, I'm too strong for that. Let me, okay. That's all I'm going to say. I promise you this. It's going to affect you. It is so important. God has designed relationships for our accountability. He's designed relationships for our spiritual well-being. And we must be extremely careful with who we are allowing to speak into our lives. If you take those closest friends around you, what are they influencing you to do? How are they influencing you in your life? Do a quick inventory right now. Think on it. How's your attitude changed since you've been around this individual? How's your thought process? How's your church attendance? How about that? Your devotional time. How are these things changed? How's your marriage going since? Think about these things. It's so important. You hang around people who God's word makes a priority. You hang around people who, who make prayer a priority. You hang with people who church is a priority. You are surrounding yourself with people who are using their gifts to make a difference. And here's what's going to happen to you. Prayer is going to be a priority. God's going to be a priority. Prayer time. Church attendance, devotional time, your marriage, your job, your finances, what? Your children. These things will become a priority. You're like, Pastor, that's great. I don't fall into this. Well, you know what? I think we all need to take an inventory. We need to be better together. I, I say this all the time, and, and I already touched briefly on it when, when I come here. And, and I'm in, a, in, in, in this environment where we're lifting up the name of Jesus. God's presence does what? Changes everything. God's presence changes everything. So I want to talk to you about heart and soul today. Three main players we're going to take a look at within an, an Old Testament scripture. You have King Saul. You have his son Jonathan. And then you have an armor bearer. Now understand that the Israelites were extremely oppressed. They've been beaten up at this time by the Philistines. They are, in this moment, they're hiding under caves. They're, they're scared to death. 
Let's take a look at scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 1 says this. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man bearing his armor, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he did not do something important here. He did not tell his father. Now, it's interesting here that he did not tell his father, Jonathan did not tell his father, who was the king at the time, King Saul. Why? Why didn't he tell his father? They had, uh, and this is saying it very nicely, they had a very fractured relationship. All right? In other words, King Saul was probably an absent father. All right? He should have been the one who Jonathan would rely on. He should have been one who would have been a dominant voice in Jonathan's life. But it was not so. And so the Bible says that one day, everything had changed. Jonathan said, you know what? It might as well be today. Like today, something different needs to happen. And in other words, Jonathan is making a choice. And, and, and he realizes that something must change within my life. It's kind of like you and I. Have you ever been to the spot where you've been challenged to the point where you realize that it's time for some change? I mean, obviously, you're here. If you're a Christ follower, you have been there. You have been in a moment where you have felt, today's the day, something must change. My hope and prayer today is simply this, that before we end this message and this service ends today, that you would sit there or you would stand there, or you would leave from here, and you, the thought would go through your mind. You know, after listening to what God has to say through his scriptures, something definitely needs to change. And so this is where Jonathan was. He realized that something must change. It might as well have been today. He's saying, I'm sick of where I am going. I'm sick of where I'm at. I'm tired of the Philistines oppressing us. Something must change. Do you know, here, here, this, this fascinates me, that when something happens toward us, the first thing that we want to do is point our finger at people. Like, if something bad, if, some, if somebody has said something about us wrongly, one of the first things we want to do is point our finger at the person who was responsible for saying whatever they've done. If some, has anybody ever been hurt? i got to wake you all up. All right. You've been hurt. What do we want to do? We want to put blame on the person. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. John tells us, that there's an enemy who was there to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Let me help you out. Your number one target, your number one enemy is not the individual who said something, did something, hurt you, or hurt someone you love. But rather it is the enemy himself. We are better together. We have felt alone so many times in life. And when you feel alone, what do you do? You close off, do you not? You close off. You don't want nobody to come into your circle. Get out of my bubble. You know what I'm talking about? Don't, don't even step foot in my bubble right now. Because I will slice your neck, you know? That's how we get sometimes. I'm not in the mood today. I don't want to talk about, get out, don't come in my bubble. God's saying you need these relationships. You need these people speaking life into you, giving encouragement. Who is your circle? Some of you, you got some people in your bubble that does not need to be there. They popped it. Yeah. 
You know what I'm talking about? They'll pop your bubble. All right. Now, so here, here you, got, you got Jonathan, and, and he's tired of the Philistines. And he recognizes that there's an enemy that is even greater than, than, than the one that he's seen with the physical eye. And he said, you know, I am tired of this. I, I've, I'm fed up with this. Some of you today, you might be saying, I, I need to intentionally seek the right relationships. I get that. I've heard you, Pastor Kevin, say that time and time again. Well, let me help you out. It's time to do it. It's time to take on the attitude of Jonathan and say, you know what? I'm tired of this. I need some things within my life to change. And it's time for some relationships to be broken off. And it's time for some healthy relationships to grow. Now, a couple thoughts. Uh, Having the right people around us, here's what it does. The right people help us do this. Number one, navigate obstacles and temptations, right? Verse 4, this is Jonathan. This is what he says. He sets out. He says, on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. In other words, there's a cliff on both sides. One was called Bozaz and the other Sinim. All right? So you have Bozaz and Sinim. All right? And if you look at those words, understand Bozaz, is, is, it means slippery. All right? So it's, it's slippery. And then um, Sinu means thorny. So he's talking about on both sides, there's a slippery side and there's a, a thorny side. So he's saying it's interesting on the journey to please God how often you and I, we have to navigate through the slippery slopes of life of temptations, right? And through the thorny obstacles that, that are of our spiritual enemy that's trying to, to, to grab a hold of us. Now think about this. If you don't have the right people in your life, As you're moving toward what God wants for your life, I promise you this. You will easily become tripped up or slip and slide through the temptation. Let me help you out with that again. If we're not allowing the right people within our circles of influence, within our lives, that when these obstacles that the enemy is trying to throw at us, the slippery slope, the thorny obstacles, the things that he's trying to trip us up with, I promise you, we will fall into it. Have you ever noticed that the environments that you allow yourself into that are not pleasing, you begin to do something that that is called, you, 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 you begin to allow a lot of gray area to happen. What used to be wrong now becomes questionable. I just want that to sink in for a second. I'm just going to shut up. What used to be wrong becomes questionable. And and listen, it's not used to be. It still is. Just because our culture and society has defined something as being okay does not mean the Word of God defines it as okay. Plain and simple. If the Bible says it's wrong, I'm sorry, what? Thank you. Start living it then. If you don't have the right people. In fact, I guarantee that there are many of you here today that you've got people all around you, but you're in a place 
right now where you could use some help. That you could use some encouragement. Maybe you've been hurting. Maybe, maybe the, the people around you, and, and, and to be quite honest, you've got so many people around you with the wrong voice that you even wonder, why do I feel so lonely? Why am I feeling so lonely, but yet I'm surrounded by so many? Because you've got the wrong one speaking into your life. You know, here we are in life group season. I told you somewhere along the way, life groups is going to jump out at in this. In, in the life group time. And, and, and we offer opportunity for you as the body of believers. We offer every Sunday, every Wednesday. You know, we've got, we've got ladies groups meeting. We've got life groups meeting. We've got all these different things. Opportunity to help you to engage and to grow as a Christ follower. I promise you this, if I had $100 laid out here on this altar right now for every individual, and I said, if you want it, come and get it because it's a value to you, you'd step right out from your seat, would you not? And you come and get that $100 and you throw it in your pocket. We've got something so much more valuable through, the, through God, through Jesus Christ, through the scriptures. And he's saying, here it is. We've got something so much more valuable through relationship. And he's saying, here it is. Take it. Go with it. All right, here we go. Number two. The second thing that it helps us do. It helps us overcoming, overcoming or overcome, rather, a wavering faith. Now, I don't know about you, but how many sometimes, think about this. You're a Christian. You're a Christ follower. You have a real strong faith. But then there's other times where you just don't feel quite as strong. There's moments where we have moments of weakness and we go, I'm just not feeling it today. You just, I've got so much on me. I've got so much going on. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what the word of God says, but I am struggling. You know, Jonathan, verse 6 said, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let, let's, that's, that's plural there, that's, that's him and the two of them. He says, let's go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised fellows, right? In other words, we're going over there. We're going to go and we're going to attack. And he goes on to say, he says, watch this. Here's a moment. He says, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. The word perhaps is the key word there. Why is the word perhaps so key in that moment? Because it, it, it's kind of like throwing some question. Like, well, maybe God will. Perhaps. God is, is, is going to do something in it. You know, it, I'm hoping that he is going to, right? And then it goes on to say, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. So what do you see here? You see this faith. That, but, but you also see this uncertainty. You see this? In this moment, there's some... Could you go right back up there, please? Thank you. He's saying, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. And then he goes... Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. He had a moment of question, and it's like he caught himself. And he goes, but you know what? Nothing can hinder God. Let, let me help you out here. Nothing can hinder God. I, I don't know the situation that you might be struggling with within life, but I want you to understand that last part. Nothing can hinder the Lord. 
There's nothing that can defeat him. Nothing ever will. Plenty of things have always tried, but nothing will ever overcome God. When, 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 I love this. I love this. When God says yes, it's yes. When God says no, it's no. Nothing can ever hinder the Lord. Now, what do you see in this? What we often, and especially leaving a setting like this, a setting where we are with other believers, and we are in an atmosphere, and it is fitting for God to move, so that we can come and say, God is leading us to do this. Have you ever been in a moment where you've been in a service, and you have felt God moving you, and you know that there is a change that needs to take place within your life? Maybe you need to do something. Maybe you need to have a conversation with someone. Maybe you need to get a little bit more within the devotional time. Maybe you need to get more connected to his Holy Spirit. And, we've all, and we can leave settings like this and go, I know I need to make this change. And then we'll end it with the words of, I think. I think. Or, or you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll be in here and we'll, we'll say things like, well, I think that God has prompted me to do this. Well, I hope he has. I want you to understand something. Nothing can ever hinder God. And if God is leading, and God is directing, and God is speaking into you, you need to take it for the value of what it's worth, which is so much more than you can ever think or imagine. And you need to act upon what God has said. Now, many of you, you've, you've got vision, right? Uh, you've got dream. There's that something, and yet you haven't had the courage to act because you need the right people to stand with you and to be within that encouragement. Have you ever been in a moment where you doubted? But when you shared that doubt with one or two or three different other people, all of a sudden they spoke life back into you. And you walked away from that moment of which you were doubting and went, I see clearly now. Has anybody been there? Think on this. What are we? We are better together. What does your circle of influence look like? Are they helping you through the obstacles within your life? Are they helping you when you have that wavering faith? Or are you allowing your circle of influence to be a part of atmospheres that's continually pulling you away from what God is trying to speak into your life? I do everything I can to live by these scriptures every single day of my life. And guess what? There are moments where I completely fall off the wagon. There are moments when, when, when you know, I may say something that's off the cuff. There are moments when I may have a thought that's not lining up with what God's thoughts are. There are moments when I'm allowing myself to be engulfed in things and I'm, all of a sudden God's becoming number two or number three or number four within, this, within the ranking in life. And I've always found it to be this. If I'm allowing myself to be around the wrong people, that is when I become the most vulnerable. And the, the enemy knows to do one thing. What? John tells us. Steal, kill, and to destroy. Steal, kill, and to destroy. All right, so what are the right people? Who are the right people within our lives? What are the right people that God wants for us? The right people are with you heart and soul. 
The right spiritual influences are with you, heart and soul. We're not talking about just like how many social media friends we have or, or acquaintances. We're talking about people who are willing to get into the trenches with you spiritually. Pray with you. Live life with you. Worship with you. People that are willing to say, let's go, let's do this. Even though you might be afraid, we're here with you. We're going to help you through this struggle. We see in verse 7 here where it says, uh, the armor bearer is saying, do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you heart and soul. Whatever God is putting on your heart, I'm going to be there, I'm going to encourage. I'm not leaving you. We're going to see this thing through together because I know that if you need help, there's going to be a moment where I'm going to need help and I'm going to expect the same from you. We're always looking for people to pour into us. But we're better together. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about that we are better together. Together means you're playing the role for the other person or for the other people. It's not just enough in these relationships to see what you can get from it, but it's what you can give into it as well. You know, I was talking to some, and I've said this uh, last couple of messages somewhere along the way, at least I think I have, it's in my mind anyway. But when I give something to someone, I get so much more joy out of giving than I do out of getting. Knowing that I'm bettering or giving something of value is so important. What more valuable is Jesus? Nothing is more valuable than him. People that we live in this culture today need love. They need companionship. They need understanding. They need friendship. They need to know that there's people who honestly care about them. And listen, the early church, the early church was all about that. It tells us in the book of Acts, as they continued to preach the gospel, what thousands were added, what? Daily. Daily. A message of hope. A message of grace. A message of mercy. A message of love. A message of forgiveness. A message of encouragement. A message of obedience. And more importantly, a message of salvation was offered. And people were receiving Jesus, it said. By the thousands, what? Daily. The Bible tells us that as a need came about them in the early church, what did they do? They sold their stuff to take care of the need of the brother or the sister. What are we? We are better together. We're so much more powerful together than we are by ourselves. You know, we see within Scripture, um, all throughout, well, hold on. Uh, yeah, right here. Uh, the relationship between Naomi and, and Ruth. It was, a, it was a I love language. Watch this. It said, wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Nothing will separate us but death. Moses, whenever God told him to stand on the mountain and to lift up his arms. Watch, I love this story. I remember... Several, several, several years back, in a season of desperation, 
I, 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 I said to a group of guys, I said, you know, I, you, you see with, within Scripture and, and, and you read of the story with Moses and Aaron and her. And, and when they were out in battle and they were going through the difficult time, as long as Moses kept his hands up. And really what it was, it was, it was an, an act of surrender to God is what that was. An act of saying, this isn't about us, this isn't about me, but this is about you, Lord. And the only way we're going to get through this is because, Lord, I am lifting my hands to you. I am honoring you. I am surrendering myself to you. And he said, but as, as, as the scripture tells us within the story, as Moses' arms got tired, these two individuals by the name of Aaron and Hur came up on one side of him. And they held his arms up. And as long as his arms were being held up, why? Because better together... If he was by himself, that story would have ended in disaster. But instead, as he lifted his arms up and he kept them up, the Bible tells us, and the Bible's full of amazing stories. It's full of God's power demonstrated all throughout it. It's so life-giving. But as he lit, kept his arms lifted, the battle, they won. They were winning. But the moment his arms got tired, and some of you, you're tired spiritually right now in your life. In a season of my life, I was whipped. I was beaten. I was worn out. I didn't know where I was doing, what I was doing. But I had some individuals in my life who were on either side going, uh-uh. You may not be able to do it, but we're going to step in for you. You may not be able to get through this storm on your own. But listen, we're better together. We're going to be here. We're going to lift up one another. And you're going to see this thing through. We're going to make sure of it. And so here's Moses, and he's standing there, and his arms are getting tired. And the Bible says that Aaron and her, they came over on one side, on one, and one on the other. And they would not allow his arms to drop until the battle was won. Today, there are many of you in here, and you're whipped. You are worn out. You are tired. And you're like, Pastor, this sounds great, but man, I'm going through a lot. I get it. I honestly get it. But I want you to know something. That you have a church. You have a pastor. You have people here who want to speak life into your life. There's some people that you're allowing to be sp speaking into your life that God's saying, those voices need to become silent. No more. I, I always look back and, and I look at the story uh, with, with Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. And uh, here he is. He's in the most vulnerable moment of his life. He's praying. He's praying. He's praying. And, and, and he comes out from the garden and he looks and, and here's his close friends, his disciples. And what are they? They're asleep. And he's like, get up, man. Pray. Do you not care about me right now? He goes back and he prays. He comes back out, checks on them again. What are they? They're out sleeping. Talk about some lazy friends. You know, absolutely lazy. You know, and, and, and he goes back and he, he does it a third time. And again, they're still, they didn't get it. Sometimes God allows some voices in your life to be silent for a season. Because he wants to use other voices to speak into you. I think for many of you today, maybe God's getting your attention. And he's saying it's time for some voices to be quieted. In fact, he's giving you a warning saying there might be some silence. That might be happening. And I want you to be encouraged because I got some voices that are going to be coming into your life. 
and are going to speak life back into you. I'm going to use them to bring the encouragement that you need, the understanding that you, you need to feel love again. And I'm going to bring these voices into your life to feel that love. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to unpack something here for you for a moment. The thought of, I believe in God, that's not enough. Just having a belief is not enough. I'm talking about better together and uh, throughout the early church in there and, and how thousands were added daily to that church and that community of believers. And I, I, I often think back how amazing of a time that must have been. How awesome that truly must have been to be a part of that early church. But then I look at where we're at now and I go, how incredible is it of the church that we're a part of now? The church of the last days. We're seeing prophecy come to be. And listen, what, Maranatha, what? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But listen, belief in Jesus is not enough. Any, the, the Bible tells us that the demons believe in God. It says that they even tremble and shudder at his name. The thing about it is, it's not enough to have a belief, but we need to have a relationship. We need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and in order to have those voices of encouragement, to be better together, we must say, Lord, I need you to be the Lord of my life. I need you to be my master. Jesus, I want to serve every day for you. The gospel message. We have been given a great, a great responsibility as Christ followers. And that is the great commission. To share the message of Jesus Christ all throughout our communities, our families, our schools, your places of work, whatever. God has given us an awesome responsibility. And so this morning we're, we're doing that. You know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that what he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We understand that the only way to the Father is through who? The Son. Who is the Son? Jesus Christ. Today's an opportunity for somebody in here. Maybe you don't know who this Jesus is. Maybe you've never made a commitment before and you want to make today's the day of salvation for you. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning. And if you would say, if you could say, Pastor, I need to make that decision. I need to make that commitment this morning. I need to know what it is to be better together. I need to know what it is to be a part of a community and a family of God. I want to experience that. If that's you today, I just want you to slip up your hand. Give you this opportunity this morning. I see that hand and I see that hand. Awesome. That is fantastic. One more moment for anybody in this room. Today's your day. All right, let's pray this prayer together, boldly as a church. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today I recognize that I need you as my Lord, my Savior, and my Master. Today, I go beyond belief 
and I go into relationship with you. Forgive me of my sin. Protect me and keep me in your hand. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that? Amen. Absolutely. Now, we're talking about being better together. And I'm just going to plain out tell you, I'm going, to, I'm going to answer this question for you. And here's the question. Who in here needs to uh, definitely take an inventory of the circle of influences that you have within your life? Here's the answer. All of us. Okay? All of us do. We all need to take a look at that. We all need for God to, to, to show us. You know, James tells us that the word of God is like a mirror to us that will reflect to us what needs to change. We need to get inside of it. God will begin to reveal the things, the changes that must take place, especially right now with what we're talking about within relationship. But, you know, I believe in this room that we all can do better in this and being better together, that we can be a family, that we can be a church made up of, of, of Sunday gatherings, Wednesday gatherings, life group gatherings, and, and different ministries, and, and, and just different things, children's and youth, and all these fabulous things that we get to do here at this church. But even outside of these walls, we can do better with being connected to one another so that we have the right voices, which is God's voice speaking into us through believers like each other. And so this morning, what I want to do... Can, what, what is that song? Come to the altar. I want to do something just a little, little different. I'm just going to ask you, if you would, step out from where you are. Let's become better together and come to this altar. Just sing this song. Have a time of prayer. That's fine. But I want us to come together and be the community that God intended us to be. So step out from where you are. Come down here. Sing that song. Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are Oh, what a Savior, isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen, bow down before. Was born 
that's here today. And God, I pray prayer over all of us that, Father, we would be more aware of the relationships that we're allowing to speak into our lives. God, that we would be attentive to it. And God, that we would be uh, targeting it, Father, and allowing you and, and saying, God, we want you to open the doors to be open, close the ones to be closed. Father, that you would be selective for us on these relationships in our inner circle. God, that we would have people that would be speaking life, speaking scripture, speaking encouragement, speaking support and understanding and love. And doing it in a way, Father, Lord, that points everything for you to be glorified. And so, God, as we leave this place today, may we, may we leave as these individuals as well. Not only receiving from it, but also speaking into others, God. So, Father, your word tells us that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart to be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. We love you. Have a great day. Come to the altar, the fire.